General Baptist Ministries has been called by God to exist for the church. We aren't here so General Baptist can help us do ministry. We're here to help the church do ministry and to fulfill its commission by God to make disciples of all nations, preaching the gospel to every man, woman, boy, and girl. We partner with churches because we believe that we can do more together than any one person or church can do alone. I'm Dustin Thompson, Vice President for Regional Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Doing Together podcast. Doing Together is about sharing the ways that General Baptists partner together so that your church can fulfill its calling. In this episode today, we will be having a conversation with, with the Vice President for Church Health, Travis Stevens, as we discuss one of the major issues facing the church today. Currently, that issue is leadership development. Many books, podcasts, and sermons have been devoted to this topic. However, we're going back to the beginning of the leadership development conversation in the church. Today, we're going to be talking about the need for people to answer the call to ministry, what that looks like, and how we as church leaders can be a part of what God is doing in the lives of men and women, boys and girls. Today, I'd like you to welcome Travis Stevens to the podcast. Travis, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It is great to uh, be on a podcast with you. Yes, this is going to be fun. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Travis and I, we get to work together here at General Baptist Ministries. And over the last year, we've been devoting a lot of time into the, the growing need for leadership development. Travis, we've been a part of these conversations. Uh, for our listeners, could you just recap what's this need? Why are we talking about leadership development in almost every area of General Baptist life? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, it, it became, so I started here uh, almost two years ago now, I guess, and uh, it became pretty quickly obvious that there was a, a void in leadership. One of the first things that I noticed when I came uh, was we had dozens of churches that were searching for pastors, and we didn't have a list of potential pastors to send them. Uh, and so that was one of the things. And so we just continue to see that um, over and over again with um, with just churches lacking pastors, churches lacking leaders, um, churches without youth pastors. We've talked about that a little bit uh, today uh, and those type of things. And it's not unique to our denomination. Every denomination is feeling it. Uh, just uh, just this week, uh, President Danny, he sent us this article from uh, Barna Research that showed that um, that there's a pastor crisis uh, coming. Uh, I believe it's it's really almost already here, um, whereas uh, pastors are aging, uh, aging quickly, getting older quickly. Um, many of them are, are going to be looking to retire in the next anywhere from seven. Uh, the article says some more like 25% are hoping to retire in the next seven years. Um, many of them are hoping to retire uh, in the next 17 years. So somewhere around there, there's going to be a cliff where you're going to have all these pastors who are uh, retiring um, and stepping out of the pulpit. And what we're finding is that we don't have young leaders to fill those spots. And, and what can we do about that? How are we addressing that? So, that, yeah, that's been, uh, that's been priority number one, I think, for uh, church health and, and what we're doing here. And it is good to remind all of our listeners that Travis leads our church health ministries. So like you are our uh, in-house church health specialist, which is both exciting and scary. Uh, 
<laughs> but Travis is the guy who's interacting with uh, churches, with church leaders. He's out visiting churches along with Danny and the rest of the headquarters staff. And, you know, you're seeing these issues on the front lines. Um, and when we're talking about uh, research data that's saying in the next 7 to 17 years there's going to be a pastoral crisis the, the data that we have here in General Baptist Ministries, I believe the last time I heard it was somewhere between 20 to 25% of General Baptist churches don't have a lead pastor. And so for us, this issue isn't one that's coming to a certain degree. It's already here. Yeah, it's already here. I think we're on the front, sort of the front wave of it. Um, but certainly we have not seen the peak of it. And I think that is uh, alarming uh, for sure. Um, in many ways, you know, when he stepped into this, it was like, man, this is a conversation that we should have been having several years ago uh, so that we would have been better prepared for what's happening. Um, but, you know, you jump in and you, uh, you know, you get started as quick as you can. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's pretty much on a weekly basis. I'm either hearing from a church who's currently looking for a pastor and trying to follow up with them or we're hearing from churches who um, maybe their pastor has left and they've been looking for years and years. I, I heard from a, um, somebody this week, um, which their church is just struggling because of uh, a leadership shortage, and they're getting to a spot where they don't even know if the church is going to be able to stay open um, because they've been dealing with it for so long. They've let it go for so long. And so, yeah, this is a, this is a really serious issue that we're trying to address. We're trying to do something about. We're trying to make a difference in because we know what's coming, and we want to try to be as, as prepared as possible uh, for when it gets here. I think your wave analogy is interesting because I do agree with you. I think that we are seeing this wave begin to start, and some of it, you at some point, COVID is not the excuse, but there is a layer of there was people who were ready to make a transition before COVID, and then they felt guilted to stay to lead the church through this season. There's people who got burned out during COVID, um, and now we, we're sort of past that stage. I know COVID's still real. I know that the the uh, variants are still happening, but we're sort of past the leadership crisis of leading through the COVID era. But now there's pastors who, I mean, they're done. Like there's yeah. pastors who, who are quitting, they're retiring, however you want to word it. Um, and we do get a lot of, uh, we, we have a lot of engagement with churches that are asking us to like help walk them through uh, the pastor search process and the uncomfortable reality. Everybody is having a hard time finding uh, people to pull from. Yeah, exactly. Um you know, exactly what you talked about with COVID and stuff. Many of our pastors, I think it's 80% or more of our General Baptist pastors are bivocational. And, and so uh, they're, they're basically have a full-time role pastoring, and then they generally have a full-time job doing something else. And so one of the things that I think that, that, is, that has been, that has suffered because of that is this whole idea of leadership development. Because it's like you want them, we want pastors and we want leaders who are bringing up young leaders behind them but when uh, you have the ministry that you're working with and you also have a separate job, you've got a family that you're dealing with, uh, that you're trying to uh, love and serve and all those type of things, something's got to give. Like you only have so much time. And I think that's what I think that's a big factor in what we're seeing is that um, partly it's because like people haven't been able to focus on it. Um, and there could be some other reasons around that as well. Um, but the big thing is time and having to do that. And now because of that, we've put it off for so long uh, that now we're not going to be able to put it off 
for any longer. We're kind of reaping what we've sown, which is we didn't make leadership development and raising up young people a priority. And now we're going to sort of pay the price for it. Yeah. I heard it said, you know, the best time to do something was yesterday and the next best time to do it is today. And so there is this moment of like, we can sit in the reality of where we are and we could keep going. And if we keep going, the more you talk about it, there's plenty of stats and, and realities that could be depressing but there's also this reality of like, we can try to do something about it. Yeah. And I know as General Baptist Ministries, there's a degree of this is something that's going to happen in the local church. So there's some things that we can't directly do about this because at the end of the day, we are not uh, a local church, but we are a resourcing agency to resource the local church. We say all the time, we are here for the church. And so we can talk about what we're focusing on, what we're trying to do to help that church uh, refocus or reprioritize uh, leadership development, specifically the spiritual uh, concept of all the way back to the beginning of people being spiritual leaders in the church, they feel called to it. Like it's a, it's a spiritual drawing. And so we can talk about how we are helping churches focus on uh people saying yes to God, yes into the ministry, uh, answering the call, so to speak, if we want to use uh, super churchy terms. <laughs> and that so, is our catchphrase. It is we our, should go with it. It is our catchphrase. So let's talk about this for a little bit. You know, uh, Travis and I uh, both have an executive pastor wiring, so sometimes we get labeled and not being spiritual. But if we want to talk about the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about people being called into ministry. It talks about that there's general callings, that all of us as Christ followers, like there's a general calling on our life. You know, we should be good people. We should try to be little Jesuses, little Christians, little Christ. Um, but there's also specific callings. And the Bible plainly lays out that like there are these specific callings. I believe it uses the phrase, there are these gifts that are given to the local church. And the goal is uh, to both equip and do ministry that leads to spiritual maturity in the body of Christ. So it's something that I know my church has been focusing on. I know your church has been focusing on several of our partner churches. Like it's a big conversation because I think another one of those realities post-COVID is churches are realizing the, the void of like spiritual depth that was there and so you wonder why, like, there's not uh, any leaders that have been developed. Like, there's there's been this season of, of just a void of talking about these things. Yeah, yeah. And again, that goes back. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, within that Barna article, it said uh, they surveyed these pastors, and they said 70% of them that were surveyed were worried about. They said, we don't think um, we're raising up Christian leaders. We don't think we're raising up uh, young, mature leaders who are going to be able to take our place, who are going to be able to. Um, and I think, again, there's a lot of things that go in that uh, and with that and the reasons why I'm behind it. Um, but I think that's something that we, it's no longer like something that's an option. Like we have to do it. Like if you're, if our churches are going to survive, we have to do that. Um, one of the things Kerry Newoff said recently that I thought was like, yeah, that's just reality. He said, hey, for many churches, instead of searching for a pastor outside of your church, you need to be looking within your church and look at, hey, is there somebody within our church who maybe God is calling to step into a pastor role? Maybe they're not even thinking about it, but they, they don't even consider that an option. But we're past the point now of where it's like, oh, you can go out and just find a pastor from somewhere. 
like you have to be looking in your congregation. Is there somebody in our congregation who could lead us and who could lead this church? Um, I think that's a great place to start. And it starts with, like you said, leadership development. Yeah, one of the things that my pastor uh, says often, I, I love my pastor. He's an amazing man, Pastor Brandon Petty. Uh, but we talk about the idea that leaders aren't found. Leaders are built. Leaders are developed. Mm-hmm. And pastors so often aren't found. Somebody has made these men and women to be able to step up into these leadership opportunities. Um, and so, like, we can talk about all the things we could do to develop people. Um, but really, one of the best places to start is to pray. You know, the mm-hmm. Bible says that the harvest is is ripe. We should pray to the Lord, the harvest for the workers. Um, so prayer so many times sounds like, oh, it's the least we can do, or it's yeah. the simplest thing we can do. Um, but it really is the place that everything should start from. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm glad you brought that up because that's where we started. <laughs> and so we said, hey, if we're going to, if there's a calling crisis going on within our churches, like, the first thing we need to do, the most important thing that we can do is to pray. And so um, as a part of sort of this answer in the call initiative, uh, churchy word or not, that's what we're calling it. Uh, as a part of that, we're saying, hey, we got to develop a prayer team uh, that's going to come alongside. And so that's that's what we've done. And so right now, I think there's a little bit over 100 people that are currently on that prayer team. And so um, so each week or every couple of weeks, they're getting notified of people who are answering the call and they're praying for those people. And they're also getting notified of churches who maybe, and we could talk about this more too, who are hosting and answering the call Sunday where they're going to invite people uh, to respond to a, maybe God's calling them. They're going to invite them. And so they're praying for those churches. We, uh, uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to go out, but just uh, this coming weekend, uh, we have like eight or nine churches that are actually going to be hosting and answering the call Sunday where they're going to be the whole message, the whole service is going to be focused around uh, inviting people to say, you know what, God may be, um, God may be nudging you. God may be speaking to you. Uh, have you ever considered that God may be have a calling on your life? And maybe that calling is to be a pastor or to be a missionary or to be some sort of leader within the church. And we need you to step up and to answer that call. And so, yeah, there, our prayer team, uh, it's the very first thing that we're doing. It's the, it's the highest priority. And we would love for, if you're not a part of it, we'd love for you to join it. Uh, you can do that. You can go to the General Baptist website, generalbaptist.com. Uh, click on uh, the church health page, or there's even, I think, a front page there. On the front page, you can click on um, answering the prayer, and you can join uh, that prayer group, and we'd love to have you. I know a lot of you listening, you're get-it-done people. Like, you, you you wouldn't be a church leader if you're not used to just being one of the people to jump in and and tackle a problem. And I know for me, like, I'm not naturally, like, uh, got a hero gene. Uh, somebody falls in the pool, like, I'm watching, I'm not jumping in. But I am a leader who, like, wants to tackle problems. Um, and so the natural inclination is to, like, jump straight to let's do it. Let's find people. Let's develop a curriculum. Let's build a system. And it's so important for us to not just gloss over the point of like, oh, yeah, we should pray about it. But like the, this really is the foundational piece of uh, if God is calling people, if God is still the one who is in the business of calling people into uh, his good, noble, great work for kingdom expansion, why would we not spend time asking him to keep doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, some of the podcasts that I listened to uh, recently, it really calls you out on how little sometimes churches actually devote to prayer within their services. And like, I'm certainly guilty of it. Like you said, sometimes XPs, we don't get the most spiritual, you're right. Like we're like, like you said, it's practical, it's get it done. Uh, And so like, I've been convicted of it, of like, 
hey, we're guilty of that. I'm guilty of that personally. Um, like I'm not praying enough. Um, you know, we're not praying enough within our church services. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. We want to start there because, hey, unless God intervenes, um, nothing's going to happen, right? Like we need God in every bit of this. And maybe maybe that's something to talk about. You know, uh, a lot of us uh, as church leaders, we have either direct control over the programming of our church or we have influence to control the programming of our church and the value of prayer. I know Travis and I, we drive over from Tennessee to Missouri almost every week and we're listening to a podcast and, uh, you know, sometimes Travis listens to stuff that's not uh, my cup of tea, but after it was done, it was, we were just chatting about it. I'm like, man, I'm super convicted. And the conviction was uh, my church, like many churches, has used prayer as a transitional element. You know, like you pray and then you open your eyes and there's somebody there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it convicted me of it. And so we came back and we were talking about it. Um, you know, my pastor, like this is a huge passion point of his. And uh, we typically we build culture at our church, but we immediately broke culture of like, hey, prayer is not going to be a transitional piece in our church anymore. Um, and, you know, we're about a month into it and we're still working on it because uh, it's just something we've done for years. But yeah. for some of us, it's reprioritizing prayer. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've used it as a transitional piece. Or maybe if you looked at the length of your your worship service or your worship experience, you'd be surprised how little time we actually pray in church. Yeah, that's one of the big things that they brought up during that podcast. It was like, you know, you'll have a church service that may be an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, something like that. All right, look at how much time you devoted to prayer in that. Most of the time it's what, two to three minutes. Maybe you're praying over the offering. You're praying maybe at the beginning of the message or at the end of the message. But uh, normally it's a very short amount of time that you devote to it. And so one of the things that I believe it was Mark Clifton, he's part of that uh, crew that we listen to. Um, he says, you know, if people aren't praying within your church, what is it about you? And he's talking to pastors and leaders and stuff. He says, what is it about your prayer life that makes them feel like prayer is not important? Um, and yeah, it's super convicting because it's like, yeah, sometimes we treat prayer like it doesn't matter that much or like it's just super casual, right? Uh, and we don't give it the uh, sort of the honor and the glory that it. it's like you're speaking to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, like the Savior of the world. And uh, we can be so nonchalant about it. Yeah, I know like something that we were dealing with at our church is we created space, you know, time and space to be able to have these type of moments. And uh, when we started talking about it, people are like, Brandon, you've lost your mind. What are you doing? Uh, But man, like what we've seen, it's like revival. It's like it's crazy how like when we start with our relationship with God, everything flows out of that place. Yeah. So I'd encourage you, pray. Like, pray for people to step up into the ministry. Pray for you. Maybe there's a next step that you need to take. You're listening to this, and maybe you're feeling conviction of your relationship or the limited time you spend with God. Like, all of us have a next step each and every week. There's always something we can do to grow both our personal relationship with God, but also uh, to grow the people that we're leading in their relationship with God. So yeah. I want to encourage you. Yeah, I would say this. If you're a pastor or church leader listening to this and you're thinking, hey, there's, I feel like there may be somebody in my church who maybe God's nudging, but I can't get them to answer or can't get them to respond to it, share this podcast with them, send it to them as like a, I saw, I heard this podcast and I thought it would be good for you to listen to. Sometimes God audibly speaks to you and sometimes he speaks (laughs) through people like Travis. (laughs) 
which is really an interesting and really interesting point as we sort of shift gears a little bit. Um, this was something uh, I feel blessed to get to work with President Danny because he's super smart. And there's times where like I come to work and just like get a notepad out and write down like all the super biblical stuff he says. Uh, but we were talking about how so many times God calls people into ministry, but many times it's the only way we think people get called into ministry. And Danny was sharing about how multiple times in the New Testament, if not most of the times in the New Testament, the church is calling people into ministry. The church is calling people to step into opportunities. I know since I've heard that, there's a, a young man at our church, his name's James. And like, I just keep speaking over him. Like, James, you're going to preach one day. Yeah. Like every time he talks, it's like, yeah. you know, you're a preacher. Yeah, for sure. I've done that with a, a young man in our church too. And he's not, he doesn't think of himself as a preacher at all. Like, uh, but I was like, man, I really think like you just the relational skills and just something about him, like in his spirit. And I'm like, you really could be a pastor. Are you sure you're not called to be a pastor? So yeah, I do that myself. James uh, hosts him and his wife, uh, Kelly, they host our volunteer appreciations or our volunteer events. And we'll do like a volunteer uh, highlight and uh, he'll cry. Like he'll do like a little mini sermonette talking about him. And then like the, the crowd goes wild as they celebrate and come up on stage. And it's like, man, you are a room mover. Like yeah. God's got a gift in you. And, you yeah. know, for some of you, you may not know how to do that. Uh, it's just affirming what you see in people. Yeah, for sure. And I think for too long, and uh, President Danny, he's talked about this too, but for too long, we've sort of I think we've hesitated to sort of elevate people because we were scared that, oh no, like they may take my place one day, right? And so we're not we're, we're not confident in God's own calling on our own lives and trusting in God. And like, he's going to take care of us, whether it's if I'm in this church or if I'm in some other ministry or if I'm doing ministry outside of vocational ministry, whatever it might be. And, and I think we, we failed to uh, invest in some leaders because we're like, hey, I don't really want to, invest in somebody who may take my place one day. I may not be ready to step out of the, you know, to retire yet. And I don't want them taking my spot. Um, and I think that uh, that's one of the reasons that uh, we're kind of in the situation we're in right now. Uh, in today's society, it's just a matter of time until I get canceled. So I've got to, <laughs> I've got to invest in people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so praying about it, speaking about it, like speaking about it is such an important thing. I know I grew up in a church um like when I was introduced to General Baptist, like the family of General Baptist or a General Baptist church, uh, it was a booming church in the hills of Westmoreland, Tennessee, uh, called Providence General Baptist Church that had a season. Uh, man, it was such a sweet season of like people being uh, responding to the call of ministry. And like you can go back and you can, man, you don't have enough fingers and toes to name all of the people that has the God's used in and through that house. Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of it was the church talked about it. The church preached about it. The church prayed about it. People said yes, and then they celebrated. Mm -hmm. And you would hear somebody uh, come to the altar and like have a, have a moment with God, and then three weeks later they're preaching. And sometimes yeah. it was rough. Mm -hmm. But, man, like people were taking next steps left and right. And then somewhere you just wake up one day, and it's like it feels super churchy to say answering the call because we don't often talk about it at all. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, when we started having these conversations, we said one of the things that we need to make sure we do is we need to build like an awareness around, uh, for one, the problem and the, the crisis that we're facing, but an awareness that says, like, we have to talk about this. Like, we have been in 
like you said, years ago, it seemed like commonplace, right? That, that, that people were announcing callings. And I think people, I think pastors were given invitations and doing that type of stuff. But over, I don't know, the last 10, 20 years, maybe, it just seems like we talk about it less and less uh, that, like, this could be a very real thing for you. Like, God could really be calling you to something special. Uh, and we've stopped sending out that invite. We've stopped ta- tapping people on the shoulders. We've stopped um, for whatever reason. And we said, like, we have to get back to this again. And so one of the things that we said with this whole initiative is we really wanted to challenge churches and say, we want you to host what we're calling an Answering the Call Sunday uh, sometime within uh, the next, uh, by the time the summit rolls around next year, so from now until, I guess, July, July. of next year of yep. 2024, uh, the sooner the better. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to just host one. You could host multiples. Uh, but we would love for every church, uh, General Baptist Church, to host an Answering the Call Sunday where, again, your entire service is dedicated to uh, sending out that invitation. And uh, like I said, we're going to be praying for you, and we want to hear about those stories. We want to hear about what comes out of that because we want to celebrate it, and we also want to give a, a gift to those who are feeling called uh, and resource them as well because that, that's cause some of the things we talked about through this whole uh, initiative was like, all right, we're going to have to build awareness. Uh, we're going to have to have some sort of next steps, as we call it, for um, as people are responding to it because we're going to pray, and we're going to actually believe that God's answering prayers and we've already seen uh, just through the summit and just through uh, over the last few months, man, we've heard incredible stories of how God has been answering prayers. And we have seen uh, really dozens of people announce calls to ministry, uh, which has been incredible. Um, and so we want to make sure that these people don't fall through the cracks. And we want to make sure that we're uh, able to contact them, follow up with them and give them some next steps and resource them and walk with them and their pastors uh, along this journey. Yeah, I think I think that's what's so powerful when you start to see God move mm-hmm. uh, is that it looks like ways that you may never think or imagine. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure most of you you're you're hearing us talking about this and you're like, yeah, young people need to say yes to ministry again. Like there's young people who need to get more involved in church. And man, like we have, we've seen for sure young people say yes to the calling of God, but we've also seen middle-aged people mm-hmm. who've never been on a mission trip say, I'm going to go on my first mission trip. Yeah. There's people who have said, I, I feel like I can be a pastor or like I want to start preaching. We've seen uh, young men and young women interested in missions for the first time because we prayed about it and we're talking about it. We're exposing people to the idea that like maybe, just maybe, there is this general call on your life and a specific call that God wants to you to be a part of his kingdom work. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, Before we started talking about all this stuff, if you would have said, hey, name five people that have answered a call to ministry in the last year or whatever, for the most part, none of us could have named five people, right? It was like, well, within our association or within our church, we've seen, you know, there's only been a couple or whatever, or maybe there's been none in some check cases. Right now, I could point to like 50 people uh, just in the last, since the summit, just in the last three or four months, who have answered a call to ministry uh, for, like you said, either being a pastor, a worship leader, a missionary, um, that, that that they feel God is calling to them to that. And so it's been a wonderful thing uh, just to be a part of. And again, within the first three or four months. So imagine if we all get on board with this, if we all pray for this, if we all focus on this, have an answer in the call Sunday, if we all, um, yeah, we could all do something about it. 
And I think God can do something great. He's already doing great things. So you've been working with President Danny and you've been working with Dr. Jim, Jim Pratt. He's mm-hmm. another one of the headquarters staff, a phenomenal guy if you haven't met him. Mm-hmm. Who hadn't met Jim? Everybody knows Jim. That's right. Um, but the, the three of y'all have been working on these Answering the Call Sundays, this resource for churches. So what does it sort of look like? Like what, is, what does it look like to talk about calling in church in a practical sense? Yeah, the biggest thing is, uh, and so, and all this is available to you if you go to our website. Um, you can get all this stuff again, generalbabbis.com. You can get Answering the Call resources is available online. Um, if, if you have trouble getting online for whatever reason, call us. We can send you uh, the stuff. And so what it is, we give you sort of a basic outline of like what it could look like in your church. And so um, we know of pastors who've uh, done Answering the Call Sundays before. And so we have sort of sermon templates available for you if, say, uh, and we have two different variations. We have a sort of a generic calling template. We also have one that's a missions focused. And so if you want to do sort of a missions focused uh, Sunday, that's all about calling. We have that as well. Um, and, and even there's videos of that uh videos of the sermons and stuff that you can use just as examples um, because we know you're busy and we know and we want to make it uh, as easy as possible for you to do this. There's also graphics available um, uh, for you if you would like that. I think there's maybe bulletin inserts. There's a bunch of different things like resources available within that uh, to make it easy for you to host your own answer in the call Sunday. Well, and, you know, it, the goal is to be easy and simple. Really, it's just talk about it. I mean, yeah. like this could be like the hosting, the announcing time. This could be something that you do as a sermon, or it could be like a whole special Sunday. It could be uh, not to downplay like youth ministry, but like youth ministry is a great place to talk about this. There's a lot of young people who haven't made career decisions. They're white hot in their faith. Uh, like it's a great place to talk about it. And even kids, mm-hmm. like there's times where... Uh, you know, I'm not ready to stop doing what I'm doing, but I think my son is. My son's ready. <laughs> he's, uh, he's watched DuckTales one too many times, and he thinks that's what being an executive pastor is, swimming in money or something. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's ready to go. But it's because there's somebody in our kids' ministry that's talked about opportunities to serve the kingdom through the local church. Yeah, one of the great things I've seen recently, I think it just happened over the weekend, is that there was this youth conference uh, that a church held up in Kentucky, one of our General Baptist churches, and uh, they'd posted it to Facebook, a video of all these teenagers coming up on stage and saying, uh, these are all teenagers who are answering the call to ministry, and each one got up and said, hey, uh, God is calling me to, some of them were worship leaders, some of them were, I think God's calling me to preach, some of them were God's calling me to missions. I think there was somewhere... I think it was at least 10, and it may have been more than 10, who'd got up and said, and we didn't even know about it, they hadn't even told us, um, that said they basically had an answering the call service, weekend service, and uh, where all these kids stepped up and said, hey, I feel like God's calling me to ministry. Incredible. Yes, yes. Uh, Youth youth ministries is a place we see that. In groups, if you're a church that does groups or a church that does Sunday school, that's a place to talk about it. Uh, A big area where God can be moving in the lives of people is if you have a men's or a women's ministry. Mm -hmm. I know uh, Pastor Lance Johnson at Genesis Church in West Plains, Missouri, they have a, a big thriving men's ministry. And a big part of that is not just developing disciples to follow Jesus, but developing disciples to do what Jesus did. Uh, and so, like, as you're developing people, uh, there's this moment where you need to talk about it uh, and give people opportunities because if not, you can't truly walk in the way of Jesus without stepping into some of these areas. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I think you're probably the same case as I was, was like, I never thought 
uh, you know, calling to ministry. I never thought working in ministry was like something that I was going to be able to do. Never even appeared to me, uh, but it was through a pastor or through a church leader. In my case, it was a pastor most of the time who tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to lead the senior Sunday school class? Would you be willing to do the devotional before our, our, our Sunday school starts? We do like a five-minute devotional. Hey, are you willing to do the Bible story at VBS? And it was those type of things. And I just kept saying yes to it. And then before long, I was like, hey, maybe God created me to do this. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to be a geography teacher uh, and then found out that, like, you don't make a lot of money being able to recognize <laughs> states and countries. I don't on even the know map. if they teach geography anymore. No, I don't Don't feel like it. No, uh, <laughs> my kids don't know where any state is. It's embarrassing. Uh, maybe I missed the calling. But no, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be a geography teacher. And those those people who invested in my life, David Mitchell, Jeremy Metter, uh, Larry Emery, uh, and then people gave me chances, which is also yeah. another big part of this. Like somebody dear to me is Pastor Terrell Somerville, who took a risk when he shouldn't. I mean, like I probably should have been fired multiple times. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's part of it too, of like giving people a chance to actually do ministry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no one's going to be good their first time, right? Uh, oh. No one's like everybody's first time they got up and spoke and gave a sermon was always awful. I feel like the joke uh, is how short was your yes. first sermon? Yes, and so that's always been the case. Um, but you got to give them opportunities. Nobody's good the first time, but uh, I think, again, um, we got to give people different opportunities to get up and to speak and, and just to find their gifts. And so sometimes that means we step back. And I know sometimes as leaders and pastors, sometimes we struggle with stepping back sometimes, but it's absolutely necessary. So let's, let's talk about that because, you know, there's this shift of like, hey, we're praying for people to, to say yes to ministry. There's people who say yes to ministry. And then there's this big component of like you can look at people who have had somebody who accelerated both their life and their calling and, and in some cases career because they became mentors who um, championed and provided opportunities. And you can see people who it's the opposite is true, who they didn't have anybody to do that. And they were sort of doing ministry as a lone ranger and they're hitting walls. They're hitting, um, they're just, there's not the opportunities that come because there's no one to support and celebrate and champion them. So um, I know my life, I've mentioned a few of those mentors. I know in your life, some of them are the same. Those mentors who gave you a chance. The mentor role is vital in this. Like it really is, yeah. People say yes to ministry. And then what do you do with those people? Exactly, exactly. And that's where a lot of people are. Is like uh, they may feel this call, but they don't know what to do with it, right? Or a lot of people won't talk about calling because they're like, <laughs> I don't know what to do if somebody said yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. And so again, we wanted to make uh, we wanted to make it as easy as possible for pastors as well, um, because we know you're busy. We know many of you are bivocational, and whether it could be a pastor, it could be another church leader, it could be uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the lead pastor. But what we did is we got a few people that uh, we trusted and we some pastors within our movement. We said, hey, what would it look like to create sort of a guide um, that somebody announces their call to ministry? What are some of the big pieces maybe that they need to um, look at and study that we can sort of give to pastors? What we did, we created a mentor guide. Um, and, and it's pretty simple. It's basically like there's, I think, seven chapters of it, and it focuses on different stuff like teaching the scriptures, uh, praying, spiritual disciplines, those type of things, uh, serving in ministry, um, administration, because we know <laughs> as a pastor, a lot of times you don't get the administration part of it, and it's like, man, I wish somebody would have taught me that. 
And so it's some of those type of things, and it has a set of scriptures that go along with it. It has resources as far as books or maybe podcasts to listen to it. And what it is, it's for the pastor to sit down with that person who's feeling called and work with them through that process. Uh, again, we know you're busy. You, you don't have time to develop something yourself maybe. We've developed it for you. And again, it's an absolutely free resource. Anybody can get that. Again, it's all available on our website. You can go there. Uh, you can get the digital version. If you would like a hard copy, um, please just reach out to us. You can reach out to me, Travis.Stevens at GeneralBaptist.com and say, hey, I want that mentor guide and we'll send you a copy. And what we're looking at now um, is even developing it into a little, uh, into a book that we can take around and we can hand out and we can have available at the summit and associations and different things. And so hopefully in 2024, uh, we'll have that available. I know that that question on, what do I do with them? Mm -hmm. It really is a big thing. And like sometimes what feels so overwhelming is we feel like we have to shift into like training skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, and and I just want to free up some of our listeners. Uh, they don't really need that. Like I, like I didn't need that. Um, there's times when like, especially in the information age with technology, Google, artificial intelligence, like people can learn how to do stuff. Um, they need somebody to show them how to be a man or a woman of God. They yeah. need somebody to show them how to be a person of character. And so much of the mentor guide really is, in some ways, it's simple discipleship. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think it's intentional discipleship uh, of, you know, these areas that if you're thinking about going into ministry, these are the areas that are going to be really important and you really need to get right and again, we're all going to fail. We're all going to make mistakes. But that's why that mentor is so important, so that you can walk through that together. Um, and so that's that's a big part of that, it, which is also a part of the character de development. Like like yeah. so many times, people uh, they get elevated past past a place that their character can sustain them. Mm -hmm. And so this really is character development in the beginning, character development through the the trials and the fails, and building those people to be someone who can sustain the weight of ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think for us, and we're still sort of like, uh, we're still in the very beginning stages of really developing what this whole system looks like. But one of the, you know, in the beginning, it was like, all right, we got to build awareness. Uh, we have to have a way of sort of bringing people uh, into it. And so that's where calling kits, and we haven't really even talked about calling kits that much. But if you know of somebody who's uh, recently said, hey, I feel like I'm called to ministry, we would love to send them a gift. And it's through this calling kit. And it just gives them a book that uh, talks about calling, what that might mean for their lives. Uh, and it gives them a few other little things. Um, but it's a way for us to stay in contact with them. Uh, hopefully we can attach them to a mentor and they can be mentored. Uh, but we can also uh, help develop them is what we're trying to work into. It's like, all right, you've expressed this calling. Uh, you have a mentor that you're walking with through stuff with. We want to get you into some of our leadership development stuff. And so through our CLN process, Church Leadership Network, uh, there's a, there's tools and resources there that we want to get you because what we want to do is we want to train you up to a spot where eventually God's going to send you out of maybe the church you're in uh, to another church and where you either become, you know, the lead pastor or the worship pastor or the kids pastor or whatever it might be. But we want to make sure that uh, we get you prepared uh, as best as we can. And, and it's a partnership and it's a partnership with the local church and local pastors and what we're just trying to do is we're trying to be good partners with you. We're trying to be here for you. Like we always say, we're here to be for the church. Well, and, that, and that's what we're trying to do. And that's one of those big questions. Like just as much as like the mentor or the leader who, you know, has people ask, 
you know, uh, they accept a calling and you don't know what to do with them. It's just as equally true of people who feel like God's nudging them to do something with their life, but they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is just a simple tool uh, that we have designed to both celebrate people for saying yes. Like so many times yeah. we don't just stop to celebrate what God's uh, doing in the lives of people, but then to help spur them on to like what their simple next step might be. Yep, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And it's a way uh, it's a way for us to try to stay in contact with them. Um, again, we're still working out the entire system on that, but we want to make sure that it's not just a one-time thing. Like they hear from us, hey, you announced your calling to to ministry, we give you a one-time gift, and then we kind of forget about it. We don't want to make that mistake. We want to make sure that we're following up with you, following up with your pastor. Hey, how, how are they doing? What are some maybe some uh, next steps that we can give them, maybe some opportunities that we could even see? Uh, I think we could partner with regional coordinators in some of that of like, hey, I have somebody who feels called to preach. Do you know of a church that maybe they can get opportunities in? Uh, so those are some things that we're trying to do as well. Um, but what we do, what we don't want to do, we want to make sure we're handing them off, yes, uh, and, and not leaving them stranded. Well, and and there there's several things that's just with that. So like first off, like we don't do anything with pastors. Like we we don't develop pastors. We don't hire or employ pastors. Um, like it really is about like the local church. Like mm-hmm. we've said multiple times, like we are here for the church. And so a key component of this is uh, a young man or woman who says yes to ministry, getting connected with someone who is in ministry to mentor them. And all we really can do is try to facilitate that development. Right. And so all these tools, praying for people, answering the call Sundays, mentor guides, um, they're just there to try to be igniters for the local church. Yeah, absolutely. What we want to do is we want to help build those connections or make those connections, right? Uh, we don't want anybody to feel fall through the cracks. Uh, we want to make sure hey, if God's calling you to ministry, if God's doing something amazing in your life, like we don't want to, we don't want to forget about you. Like we we, we want to nurture that. Like we we want to pour uh, water on that, right? We want to um, make sure that uh, we see that you grow. And so, yeah, partnering with churches, doing that um, again, building networks, connections, all those type of things is what we want to help do through this whole uh, process. So, if you're a person who you feel called into ministry and you recently said yes, or you're saying yes right now, like we have, uh, we have these calling kits that we would love to like send you one. We'd love to partner with you, or maybe you're a pastor or a church leader, and this is something that's going on in your church, or you want it to be a key component of your church. Let us know. Like these are all resources we have for you. Uh, because we really do. We want to like help accelerate what God is trying to do in the local church. So these are ways that we are actively working on it. Plus, there's things that we're still, I mean, we're still wrestling with this because, as you yeah. said, this is the, we're in this front wave of the problem, but we're also in the front wave of the solution. What, what we're uh, guilty of many times, ministry leaders, pastors, church leaders, uh, I found this over and over again. We don't do well sometimes with follow through. And so we have great ideas and we get them started, but uh, they fall apart because we don't actually follow through with the details and making sure all of it happens. And so we're trying to make sure that doesn't happen with this. And so we have to have great follow through through it. Um, But yeah, I would encourage you as well. Like if you're going to be a mentor, if you're going to do this stuff, make sure you follow through and actually do it. That's what matters. Uh, We can all have great ideas unless we actually do the work of putting it into practice. Um, You know, we're never going to get the results that we desire. So the follow through on on this phase is be a part of the prayer team. Yeah, sign up for the prayer team for sure. Sign up for the prayer team. 
Uh, if you're a pastor, church leader, if you have influence and services, we want you to host an answer in the call Sunday, and we want to know about it. And so if, uh, please give us a heads up, send because, us a message. Because we pray we about it. We want to be praying for you, exactly. Uh, there's an email that's going to go out that says, hey, uh, so-and-so General Baptist Church is having their calling Sunday this Sunday or whenever it might be. Make sure you're praying for them, and then we're going to celebrate it. And we're going to say, hey, they had their calling Sunday. Three people announced to call in ministry, and uh, you're going to hear about those stories uh, by joining that uh, prayer team. Uh, host your answer in the call Sunday. And again, reach out to us for mentor guides if you don't already have one of those. And so um, start believing that God's going to call somebody to ministry within your church, right? Go ahead and start preparing for it. Sometimes we wait and we think, uh, you know, well, when God sends me somebody or when God, uh, then we'll actually do something with it. Well, go ahead and be expecting that God's going to answer the prayer uh, of calling somebody to ministry within your church. Go ahead and get the mentor guide. Go ahead and be ready. Um, Because, uh, yeah, I think (laughs) part of prayer is, right, believing that what uh, we're praying for is going to happen. And yeah. so make sure we're doing that. There's this Old Testament story of them praying for rain, and the step was to dig the ditch. Yeah. And so some of us need to uh, do the front-end work, yeah. and God's going to bring the rain. Yeah, right, before the clouds ever in the sky, yeah. So thank you for joining us this week on the Doing Together podcast for all of you listening. I'd like to thank Travis for all of his hard work serving our churches and for joining us today. Today you may be listening to this podcast and feel inspired to take a personal next step in leadership. Perhaps you've been wrestling with a call from God in your life. I'd like to encourage you to talk with your pastor, their youth pastor, or a trusted leader in your church. If you don't have someone like that, you can reach out to myself or Travis here at General Baptist Ministries, and we would love to help you and help you get connected. Maybe you're a church leader and you would like to prioritize leadership development in your church. I'd like to encourage you to pray about individuals accepting the call into ministry, talking about calling in your church, then be ready to develop people when they say yes to the calling. If you would like help with hosting an Answer the Call Sunday, the Developing Mentors, or any other areas of leadership development, Travis Stevens is here for you, and you can reach out to Travis at travis.stevens at generalbaptist.com. If you haven't already done so, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are using to access our content today, and please leave us a review. This helps our content be discovered by others and keeps you informed of the newest information developed for you. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you on the next episode of the Doing Together podcast.